Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Jeremy Rutherford now joins us via our celebrity line. What's up, JR? Jamie with a lot of under-his-breath comments today. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Yeah, he's been snarky today. He's had... uh, Poor attitude, I thought, throughout the course of the show. Really um, poor attitude. But really? the one thing I know That's about Jamie, grand. the one thing I know about Jamie, J, uh, JR, is that uh, he's a second-half player, and we got a, an entire second half here to go, and Jamie's going to give give it his all. I know that. All right. Be- better body language. Do we have the cameras in there yet? Can we see the yeah, body we language? Do. Yeah, JR. we got the cameras. Right. You're welcome. We're not live yet. No, we're not. We're not live. We're not live yet? No, we're not live yet. Wear this tank top for nothing? (laughs) I'm sure you got plenty of them, Jamie. Sure you got plenty of them. JR, Doug Armstrong with the uh, media availability today via Zoom. Uh, Just off the top of your head, what's, uh, what's something you left that interview going, ah, all right, I got it now. Yeah, Riv, a couple things. First of all, you know, I've just been interested the past couple weeks in which path are they going to take. Even when I get asked the questions, what are the Blues going to try to do? Are they going to try to be more competitive this year, or are they going to make these picks and realize that it might take a couple, two or three years to get back into this thing? And I asked Doug Armstrong about that, and he said, yeah, they're right in that rock-in-a-hard-place area because they want to try to be competitive, but at the same time, if they don't look at offers, if they're not – made trade proposals that give them that option to improve he said then they're fine just making the pick so obviously there's a lot of smoke screens going on you got to be able to read through some of these things Uh, but the one thing is that doug armstrong really is going back and forth with these decisions as to whether he's going to try to make the team more competitive or kind of sit back and secondly riv uh, another takeaway a lot of talk about uh, matev mikov the russian player who's under contract for three more years Doug Armstrong said one of the factors that would come into play here in terms of maybe not being as high on him as other teams, obviously the talent's there, but they haven't seen him a lot. They haven't talked to him. They haven't talked to people around him. It's hard to trade up in the draft, spend a lot of capital, trade players, do whatever you need to do to select a player you've never talked to before. Yeah, JR, that's the one concern that that I have is the unknown there and obviously the waiting period. You know these these guys who sign the KHL deals. Uh, you know every now and then they'll they'll sign a deal right after that. The team kind of will um, let's say sell them on the idea of staying in Russia. And I don't know if I'm Doug Armstrong, unless I know for sure that I'm getting this player at some point down the road, and hopefully not in three years. Maybe I entertain it. But in this particular draft, don't you think there's enough talent otherwise available for the Blues at that number ten spot? Yeah, I think there is, and I think also, you know, factoring what I, in what I said a second ago is, you know, if you're going to move from 10 to 5 uh, to get them or 10 to 6, it might not seem like a big jump, but that's a big jump in terms of that team that's going to potentially drop back to number 10. So you're looking at, uh, Doug Armstrong said a few weeks ago, 
you might not just have to give up a, a late first-round pick, the O'Reilly pick or the Tarasenko pick. You might have to give up an NHL player to go up that high. And, and, and so I agree with you that he could be a generational talent. Some people have uh, compared Mikoff to uh, Bedard, potentially as bright of a future as him. Uh, but there are players in the draft that the Blues can get a good one at number 10 and not have to give up as much and not have to wait three years for. Jared, what else are you hearing before? I know that deadline spur action, so we're likely to get we're likely to see some more action next next week when the draft is nearing even closer. But what else are you hearing from a free agency standpoint, e- even if it's not necessarily Blues related? What's kind of the gossip right now? Yeah, I think that uh, you know there's going to be several players that, that teams are going to go after, but it's just not as deep this year. It's not, and that's why you know today I think Pierre LeBron at the Athletic had the report that. O'Reilly and Toronto Maple Leafs might uh, talk again, even though it didn't seem like he, he would go back to Toronto at the end of the year. It's just that crop of centers. It's not all that intriguing. And so if they could work out a deal in Toronto, there might be some mutual interest between O'Reilly and the Maple Leafs. So, you know, I don't think there's as deep of a free agency pool. Uh, so teams, that probably leads to more wheeling and dealing. And I think that's what uh, the Blues, if they decide to go down that path that we talked about, about being competitive next year, that the Blues would have to go down in terms of a trade rather than for agency. JR, what the heck is going on with Pierre-Luc Dubois? Because this is a, a guy that was picked high, played in Columbus, had very good success in Columbus, got traded to the Winnipeg Jets. He's only, I believe, 24 years old. Uh, he's a six foot three, 210-pound centerman that, boy, oh boy, he'd look good in a blue note. But like, what's going on there? Yeah, so he's a situation, a great player. You know, he's put up some numbers early in his career, still young. He wasn't in a great situation in Columbus. Uh, I think he was part of the problem, though. Uh, He wanted to go elsewhere. They trade him to Winnipeg. He goes there. That's kind of been a tough goal for the Jets the past couple years. Uh, Understanding that where are the Jets going? You know, look, they're looking at trading Hellebuck. They're looking at trading uh, Shifley. They might buy out. Wheeler and, and Dubois wants out, right? So he wants to go to Montreal. That's been the word on the street. Uh, but does Montreal want to trade to Winnipeg what it's going to take to bring him? It doesn't look like they do. So what other suitors are involved? Riv, I think there's a number of teams that we'd be interested in Dubois. The Blues, obviously, you're talking about a young, good player. That's where Army's talking. He'd like to go with this thing, uh, but the cost could certainly be too high for them. Jeremy Rutherford joining us right now on the Fastlane on 101 at ESPN. No surprise, Ken Hitchcock and Pierre Turgeon are headed to the Hockey Hall of Fame. Jr. I know that uh, both players have, you know, meant things to you throughout your course of your career, especially Ken Hitchcock, as you had an opportunity to cover him when he was the head coach in St. Louis. Uh, what are your thoughts on the the Hall of Fame class, and specifically guys like uh, Ken Hitchcock? Yeah, it was a it was a great fun surprise today when I saw that come across with Ken Hitchcock. I was working on a couple other stories, so I was kind of following social media when I hung up with some interviews. And uh, to see that Ken Hitchcock was uh, elected, it was a surprise. I feel like one day I, he was going to get there. I didn't know it was going to be this year. He goes in as a builder uh, right away. You might have seen it on Twitter. I tweeted it, but I texted Ken Hitchcock. I said, congratulations. And he texts back, fooled him again, LOL. <laughs> and that's kind of nature Ken Hitchcock is. But, look, he's uh, fourth most wins in, in coaching history. I think he's sixth or seventh most in games coached. He, he certainly helped build the game into what it is today. Maybe there's some ex-players listening right now who say, yeah, maybe didn't build it the right way. But, uh, but he, he had success everywhere he went. I think there was a stat a few years ago, guys, that he was one of just a, a few coaches who had 125-plus victories 
with three different franchises. That says a ton. Also, congratulations to Pierre Turgeon, one of my favorite blues players to watch growing up. And I uh, had the pleasure to interview him several months ago when I was writing a piece about Brett Hall. Uh, he's a guy who was uh, very impactful here in St. Louis. So congratulations to Turge, too. Yeah, congratulations both those guys. I mentioned earlier just how much I learned about hockey from Ken Hitchcock. He's always willing to sit down, have a coffee, and talk hockey. And I have nothing but respect for the man. I didn't have to play for him, so that's a good thing because I probably <laughs> wouldn't have liked some of his tactics, but they work, and he's a real knowledgeable guy. JR, uh, when it comes to the Hockey Hall of Fame, there's always some omissions, right? There's always guys that get left out. There's a big argument for Alexander McGilney. I, for one, don't understand why you know, he hasn't been in the Hall of Fame. But my biggest beef is Keith Kachuk. You know, I said this earlier. Like, There's only one other player, I believe, in the history of the NHL that has over 500 goals and over 2,000 penalty minutes. It's Brendan Shanahan. And I don't understand how Keith Kachuk keeps getting overlooked when he's one of the best American-born players ever to play the game. Yeah, and I agree with you. McGillney first, uh, I think uh, he's a slam dunk. It's a complete mystery why he keeps getting uh, overlooked. There has to be something, you know, inside that meeting that gets talked about that, that we're just not hearing, but he won, you know, everything that uh, you could you could win. And we're not just talking NHL. You're talking about international hockey, too. He did that. And then Keith Kachuk, again, one of my favorites. I nominated Keith Kachuk for our Athletic uh, Hall of Fame selection a couple days ago, and I had to do some research, some homework. You know, you mentioned some good numbers there, Riv. I'll give you another couple numbers. This is a guy who everybody ahead of him, I think he's 33rd, 34th on the all-time goal-scoring list. Every single player ahead of him is either in the hall or the couple right before him. You have uh, guys who are going to be in the Hall of Fame in the next couple years. I want to say it's Yager, uh, Patrick Marlowe is another guy who could get in. So they're not eligible right now. Keith Kachuk is eligible. Next player in line with goal-scoring. Also, as you mentioned, look at the penalty minutes. Look at the power play goals, too. They're way up there in every single category. Keith Kachuk definitely deserving. Uh, you know, what does the committee look at? Did, did he do enough throughout his career? Did he win enough? Certainly didn't win a Stanley Cup. Uh, but you talk about one of the first American-born players to score 50 goals. So many other accolades for Keith Kachuk that I think put him in that conversation for sure. Yeah, and what about the international stuff, too? Because when you go to the World Cup of Hockey, he was part of that Team USA that beat Team Canada. Right, yeah, so from an international standpoint in terms of team wins, that's definitely uh, part of the conversation. I don't know, Riff, you know, there's, uh, there's a few guys every year that we continue to talk about, McGillney being one of the guys every year. Uh, a couple of the guys that uh, had been on that uh, list the past couple of years, goalie-wise, you look at Mike Vernon, he gets in today, so you know, maybe it's a matter of time with Keith Kachuk, but you know, I don't think that he should have to wait as long as he's waited. I couldn't agree more. JR, what, what do you have coming up for the Athletic? Yeah, a couple pieces. So uh, we uh, wrote the story uh, talking to Doug Armstrong today about the draft that should be up within the next hour uh, at The Athletic. Also, we have part three of our Doug Armstrong inside the 10-plus years as the Blues GM part three. That's coming out early next week, and we'll have a mailbag part one and part two also next week before we head to Nashville for live coverage of the Blues draft. I know 101 ESPN will be there, Alex Ferrario, Tanner Hedrickson. So we'll be down uh, in Nashville with the rest of the gang ready to report from there. Excellent. Looking forward to that. Thanks, JR. Appreciate you. Anytime, guys. Thanks.